Welcome listeners to Practice Makes Podcast. We are recorded live in front of a studio audience in Orlando, Florida. I am your host, Jordy Wofford. And I am your host, Tyler Kingsbury. Practice Makes Podcast is a program oriented towards self-improvement through engaging in conversation and insight on various topics ranging from emotional well-being, exercise, changing one's habits, as well as important global affairs. Stay tuned for more exciting developments. Practice Makes Podcast aims to offer helpful discussion on relatable topics to listeners who are bored or need a reminder that you are not alone. However, we are not trained professionals or counselors, so definitely seek those kind of people out if you feel you might need a little more help. And on that note, Jordy, what is something shitty and something joyful that's happened to you since the last time we spoke? Uh, something shitty that happened to me was despite there being slight easings on the quarantine and in my province in Canada, allowing more freedom of movement between different regions, the place, uh, where my, uh, car is currently in storage in a garage in the middle of nowhere has not been put on the list. So for the time being, and possibly for the whole month of May, I will continue to be on foot. Uh, at least you have a car though. Like it exists. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of funny having access to something and not being able to use it. I remember once I was in Europe and I'd gone broke, but I technically had a bank account full of money in the United States, but I couldn't access it. <laughs> so I was living as a homeless person and nice. until I, until I managed to get the money out of my account and passersby were laughing at me and I'd say, no, I was once like you. How does that feel to like be restricted to get to your own vehicle? I think it's a humble reminder of how little control we actually have <laughs> over over ourselves and the world around us. I agree. I feel the same way about a lot right now. Um, something joyful that did happen to me, though was a very, very kind friend of mine uh, You know, knew what hard, hard times I was going through, and he found a video game that he thought would really pique my interests, and he gave me, he helped me pay for half of the video game. Oh. So I, I was able to purchase it online, and I've been playing it a little bit, and he was, he was right, it did brighten my spirits. Fun. What, what game? The game is called The Outer Worlds. It's made by the same people who make Fallout. I'm sure lots of people who know video games will know about that one. And it's uh, a type of retro 1950s science fiction video game, like a role-playing action video game. I'm just getting into it, but uh, so far it's really fun. Mm. What do you do in it? I know nothing about video games, so... (laughs) Uh, You start off as a... A colonist who wakes up on a, you know, from their cryo sleep in a spaceship, and your spaceship has been stranded out in space, and you have to save the other colonists. Oh, cool! What's it called yeah, again? The Outer Worlds. Ah, sounds fun. Is it? Yeah. It's probably it's one of those where you have to use both your thumbs to look around and move. Yeah, it's first person. You have. I'm having trouble playing it on the keyboard. I'm used to. Uh, the controllers but uh, so far it's really fun 
Oh, cool. It's on the computer, then. I maybe could participate. What is your yeah. girlfriend doing? <laughs> She's trying to sabotage the episode again. <laughs> She's mixing a drink. Okay. It sounded like she was cracking eggs. No, she made hard-boiled eggs last night, so... So she was yeah. cracking eggs. Well, all the way out. <laughs> Wait, so she is or isn't cracking eggs? No, she's mixing a drink. Oh, but she made hard-boiled eggs last night? Yeah, you're ask, it, she wasn't wow. cracking eggs. Wow, that no. is... It's like... You know, it's like I'm psychic or something. She's psychic for when we're recording and she knows exactly when to go in the kitchen and make noises. I'm psychic because I heard cracking eggs. Oh, God. <laughs> She's ta- attacking me. Um, what's something <laughs> shitty that happened to you? Um, well, I have to just, like, confront the elephant in the room because I really honestly can't think of anything else. But this does fit our... Um, a topic for this season so okay I'll talk about it but I've been kind of depressed for the past couple of days and mm. yeah oh poor me <laughs> <laughs> um and so what that feels like is um just kind of a full body fatigue you don't want to do anything really you kind of feel like nothing matters uh and things are pretty pointless and even though, I mean, right now it's a little gloomy outside, which is sort of reassuring. I, I kind of even like that. But then there are times where it's like a beautiful sunny day, and even that seems kind of miserable. It's like, ugh, it's too hot. Even that it's been like 70, 72 degrees lately, which is, I think, like the ideal temperature in a lot of people's minds. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's strange how bad weather I don't know. It can almost pull you out of a depression because I can see that it's not nice outside. (laughs) And so it makes me feel less guilty about not being able to get up and do things. Yeah. And then by having that reassurance, I start to come out of the depression. But um, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's like my eyelids are just kind of heavy and my face is... I'm just tired. I I think what has set this off is like I haven't been sleeping enough. I need to sleep more. Yeah, maybe just a good day of rest will get yeah. you back on track. But I mean, I slept in today. I can't. I can't blame anyone for feeling depressed lately. But uh, I know. I, yeah, this isolation. Um, something joyful. Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I'll say. I'll say my joy, my personal joyful thing, and then a joyful thing for the podcast. Well, my personal joyful thing is that. Um, I have a gratitude app and I've surpassed 50 days of gratitude, which means every day this app, it's called presently. If you want to look it up, it's free. It's, you don't have to give it your information or anything. It's really just a nifty little thing that at the end of the day is like, what are you grateful for basically? And you just type in it. It gives you a reminder to kind of recognize those things, especially in times like this, it can be easy to recognize what's negative in your life um so i surpassed 50 days of gratitude insert audience clapping (laughs) we'll add a sound effect that's (laughs) that's great you totally beat the 10-day challenge five times over oh my god you're right 
I think you did make a 10-day challenge to use that app, for, if I'm not mistaken. But Oh, really? Maybe. Um, just a reminder, or for anyone that's just not tuning in, um, in our past episodes, we came up with 10-day challenges that we would commit to for 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can participate if you want. There are surveys uh, leading into my podcast joyful thing, which is that we have a website now. Yay! 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 Yeah, so Kermit the Frog. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easier for you to find our surveys. Um, you just go to the surveys tab, click on one of the surveys, take it. You could be featured on one of our episodes. We'll read it. Um, and you can put a nickname on there if you don't want the world to know who it is. And we might read it on the episode. Um Another exciting thing is that we've surpassed a thousand listens. Yay! <laughs> Which is really cool because it happened in a matter of like two weeks. Because for the longest time we only had like 200 and then it just jumped up really quickly. So thank you all for listening. It's really exciting to have new listeners. Um, and we hope that you gain something from this uh, yep. self-improvement podcast. Yes, we're going to try and keep working on making worthwhile content for y'all. Yeah, we'll do our best. With that being said, do you think it's time for us to begin discussing this week's topic? Yeah, do you want to read? Here, I'll read my quote first. This right. is another thing that you guys can participate in if you want to fill out a quote survey on our website. PracticeMakesPodcast.com so this uh, week's topic is isolation under our season two um, mental health season, all about mental health. Jordy is drinking wine at, straight out of a bottle. So there's that. If you, didn't, if you heard that, that's what that was. <laughs> he doesn't there's use no... glassware because then he doesn't have to use dishes, but then he looks like a bum. Or, I don't know. What's a nice word for bum? Um, a bohemian. <laughs> yeah, you look very bohemian. Oh, um, thank you. So here's the quote that I found. Loneliness is not an after effect of isolation and rejections. It most times takes root even before you start to feel like the world doesn't care. And I, wait, who is this by? Oh, there is no author. Um, I like this quote because, you know, throughout this whole process of forced isolation, um, I've reached out to a lot of people and um, I live alone. I have a cat, <laughs> uh, but I am a very social person. And I'm definitely an extrovert. So in my experience it kind of felt like at first that I was the only person feeling this kind of sense of loneliness and isolation. Um, and it turns out that you can feel loneliness and isolation when you're not alone. And you can also not feel loneliness and be alone. So you can feel just as lonely with someone laying next to you in a bed or you can feel even more lonely if you're like a single mother, or, you know, you haven't talked to an adult in 
four weeks or something. <laughs> or or maybe if your husband or your family doesn't seem to meet you where you feel like you it's add. Almost, it's almost like how the coronavirus, you can actually be ca- carrying the virus without showing any symptoms. Yeah, you can be carrying loneliness without the aloneness. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have a quote, Jordy? Yes, my quote is from the artist and activist Maya Angelou. I like this quote because it reminds me of a personal experience on loneliness that I thought I would share at one at some point. Uh, the quote goes, "Music was my refuge. I could crawl into the space between the notes and curl back to loneliness." Mm. I like that quote. Me too. Why do you like it? Tell us your story. Well, I feel that while loneliness can be difficult, it's not always a negative thing. But uh, more often than not, it is. And one experience that I had was when I just actively embraced my loneliness. (laughs) I remember I was going through a rough period where I felt like I was all alone and I felt like no one really cared about me. And I had finally um, gotten a friend to agree to go out and do an activity. And at the very last minute when we were supposed to go, they canceled. No. And it was just like a straw that broke the camel's back. I just entered like this great, horrible, depressed feeling of just being all alone and no one cared about me. And I don't know what it was. It was almost like a biological reaction or a reflex. I just immediately laid down on the couch and pretty much for a whole day and a half, I just tried to look up each depressing, lonely song that I could think of. (laughs) I listened to that song. One is the loneliest number. No, you didn't. And I listened to, yes, I did. I swear to God. And I listened to emo music. Welcome to my life. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I didn't try and look up anything uplifting. I just threw a pity party, essentially. And I think I just, in a way, I sweated out the loneliness. I just broke something in my mind to where I couldn't feel any more sorry for myself. And I expressed my sadness and my loneliness to the maximum. And I came out of it about two days later being like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> so you think that that helps to listen to sad music? I think so. It definitely helped that one time. So maybe Maya Angelou has something. Yeah. I think for me, um, I do make music a lot when in my solitude, which is another thing some people will compare the two words, solitude and loneliness uh, where one is a reassuring place and a revitalizing place, somewhere where you kind of recharge and get to know yourself a little better. And then the other one is a place where you go, um, where you kind of feel sorry for yourself. <clears throat> and so for music with um, writing, that that is the place that I can go when I'm in solitude that feels really good and it feels productive and it almost makes it harder to um, reignite uh, meeting up with people because it seems 
for a while, it seems very rewarding to be in that solitudinal place. I don't know if that's a word. But <laughs> <laughs> it is now. I hope it is because it's really fun to say. Um, but then, you know, if you just kind of allow yourself to live in solitude for a while and, and just embrace it and maybe not feel so bad about it, I do think, at least for me, I eventually am like, okay, you know, I miss people. <laughs> Yeah, there's a moment when it can be really productive and kind of a, a positive thing, but there's at some point you really need to rejoin the world. Yeah. Uh, it's important to, to make some diff distinctions while we're talking about loneliness because with the current context of the quarantine and the corona, I think it's normal for people who are staying at their homes to be feeling lonely and to be feeling completely isolated and cut off. But as we we're saying, in normal circumstances, we can feel all alone even when we have people all around us. Uh -huh. I just remember a line from a poem that I heard once that said, we are a multitude, but we are alone. Mm, that's depressing as fuck. <laughs> Often I, I'll hear the word alone and I immediately think like negatively. But it isn't um, in itself a negative thing. You have to put the connotations on it. You know, the idea of being alone has different levels to it. You know? I think context is everything. And I, th I think there's some points when we, ironically, when we feel alone, that's when we need to be alone the most. So in a way, maybe feeling feeling lonely is almost a kind of a reflex or a survival instinct that we have. If we're, there's something that's not feeling right about our mood or our, the introspection that we do about our life, sometimes we subconsciously withdraw into a state of loneliness without even thinking about it. But that, as you're saying, it's not necessarily a negative thing that can be kind of a mechanism that gives us that time in order to get reoriented and get on the right track. Yeah. I'm looking at an article right now. It's from psychology today and I'll put a link in the show notes. It's kind of interesting and it asks a question. I have friends and family. Why am I still so lonely? And the answer is, Loneliness is as tied to the quality of one's relationships as it is to the number of connections one has. And it doesn't only stem, yeah. yeah, and it doesn't only stem from heartache or isolation. A lack of authenticity in relationships can result in feelings of loneliness. For some, not having a coveted animal companion <laughs> yeah. or the absence of a quiet presence in their home, even if one has plenty of social contacts in the wider world, can trigger loneliness. Yes, I definitely feel like we can have, I feel like our daily routine can be one of the things that leads to the greatest feeling of loneliness, doing the same thing day in and day out, where we get up, we go to work, and we're surrounded by the exact same people who you know, most of the time at a job, people are just there because they're getting paid. Uh, if you work in customer service like I do, 
the people that you're interacting with, those aren't real human interactions. They're just very transactional. And it can definitely make you feel like you're just a, a gear in the bigger machine, just turning round and round. And even though you're surrounded by people, it, there's no substance whatsoever to those interactions. So they did a study on the way people interact with Facebook. And um, it showed that if you simply scroll through and you just look at things, your the chemicals in your brain will physically make you more depressed. They'll make you feel more lonely, more isolated, um, more distracted, things like that. But if you instead interact more, people that interact more on Facebook, that communicate with each other, they actually show less depression and less sense of isolation and loneliness. Really? Yeah. There, uh, this was really depressing, but uh, I'm not even 100% sure if this is true, but my college professor said it, so it has to be. Oh. <laughs> I was in a communications class, and the professor began the class by saying that in the time uh, of the Russian Empire, the czar was uh, really curious, and he wanted to conduct an experiment by in an orphanage where he said he ordered them not to touch or interact or speak to the children because he wanted to see if the children would develop um, their own language. These were like infant children. And apparently because the children just didn't have any real human communication, they ended up dying. So what? just a lack of contact. I think that it, it must, I, I guess it wasn't the lack of communication per se that killed them, but it, you know, people with depression and suffering loneliness are, have a bigger predisposition to getting sick and ill. Well, so I'm guessing... If they were infants and no one was feeding them, then they died of starvation. <laughs> I think so. I think they were being fed, but... <laughs> there is actually a very interesting article uh, that we will give a link to on NPR... But it's the article is entitled Orphans Lonely Beginnings Reveal How Parents Shape a Child's Brain. And it talks about uh, what happened in Romania during the 1980s. There was um, there were a lot of children that ended up being abandoned and neglected in orphanages. And essentially they weren't being cared for by anyone. They were just being left to to fend for themselves. And they the studies on those children that were later on adopted showed that the the impact of those early years of being neglected and being all alone that had a they essentially were giving them brain damage oh my gosh how and it just showed that they were having very low levels of brain activity and there was a a dramatic reduction in gray matter and white matter in the brain because wow. they essentially didn't get that early stimulus of having the care and attention of what would normally be provided by a parent. I wonder if as already developed adult brains, if it has similar negative effects as far as like brain damage goes when we don't interact with people as much. 
I'm sure it does maybe to a little bit of a lesser extent because uh, an adult's brain isn't in development and children are much more, uh, much more vulnerable in that sense. But it just, it shows how loneliness is not only just a, an emotional or conceptual thing, but it's a very physical need to have communication and to have, um, like care and, and non loneliness. <laughs> Social interaction. It's almost as important as the air we breathe and the water we drink mm. and the wine we drink straight from a bottle. <laughs> you know, I, I do think that people will sometimes, if they isolate themselves for whatever reason, either because of anxiety or they have a video game that they'd rather be playing than interacting with people or they smoke too much pot and they'd rather just stay home all the time. I have heard word of them getting depressed because of that. And so eventually, even though they're introverts and they'd rather not be around people, they have to force themselves to go be social every once in a while or they will find themselves depressed. I, I could definitely see that. I remember the um, the shooter. Uh, there was a shooting in Norway. I think it, I'm trying to remember what year it happened. It was um, in 2011. There was um, like a, a deranged. Uh, the shooter was a deranged man. It was um, it was a terrorist attack. It was motivated by political for political reasons. But I remember in an article where he was basically explaining what he did and why he did it. Um, he explained about a year, maybe even a year before doing the attack, he purposefully and consciously isolated himself from the world as much as possible. And he would just stay at home and play video games. And it was like a kind of a twisted and conscious effort to dehumanize himself in order to be able to carry out the attack. Huh. I wonder what prompted that to begin with. Maybe maybe it was loneliness in general that made him want to go after it. It's an interesting and really tragic case. I'm going to read another question from this article on loneliness from Psychology Today. Why is it so hard to seek out companionship when one feels lonely? Their answer is, there's evidence that lonely individuals have a sort of negativity bias in evaluating social interactions. Lonely people pick up on signs of potential rejection more quickly than do others. Perhaps better to avoid it and protect themselves. People who feel lonely need to be aware of this bias so as to override it in seeking out companionship. Hmm. It's like a self, it's like a self perpetuating cycle or a self fulfilling prophecy mm -hmm. where we, the lonely person thinks to themselves, oh geez, I'm not going to, this is, this is too much. I'm not going to be able to handle this. I can't do it. And they just stay in their state of isolation. Yeah, they fear the rejection, so then they just don't even bother with it. And, uh, yeah, I think that the awareness of that is the biggest cure. Um, but obviously a lot more work has to go into shifting your bias, um, we have all kinds of biases in our heads that we don't even know we have. And so it might be good to take that up with a therapist. Maybe, maybe not. I don't a know. therapist. <clears throat> Do you think some of us are addicted to being alone? 
because I feel like, especially like one of the faults of extroverted people is we constantly almost need to be around other people, even in times when we should probably be alone and isolated to have some time to reflect on ourselves. The the example I have is I've known people who just always have to be in a relationship. Uh-huh. Like if they break up with somebody, they immediately have to get back into another relationship. Do you think that there are people who just literally can't handle it? Addicted to being alone? To not being alone. Yeah, I you know, think like so. They have, they have such fear about it that it's just something that they'll go to great lengths to avoid. Yeah, I think absolutely. Because so much of our addictions stem from our inability to tolerate ourselves and our minds and what's going on. Our inability to stay sober. You know, it's that's probably part of the reason I'm depressed right now is because I'm sober. <laughs> we'll get you a bottle. No, I gotta stay. I gotta stay sober. Oh, you're trying to do the month? No, I'm trying to do indefinitely, but we'll see. You know, it's, I just think it's better for me to not be a drinker. So maybe at, you know, at some point I'll be a non-drinker. Well, the alcohol is going to feel very lonely. (laughs) It just never feels that good. You know, it's like, I expect a lot more from it than I actually get. I wake up with feelings of guilt and, um, I think, my belly is is getting uncomfortable and the the sugar and the wine and the beer is not helping so well it's always better without it you you won't miss it yeah it's not really giving me anything just to... what is the difference between solitude and loneliness solitude or time spent alone is not inherently negative and can even be restorative or advantageous in other ways. Research suggests the reason the reasons young people choose to be alone matter. They may do so to relax, create, or reflect, rather than to avoid people. Yeah, this seems like um, if the reason you're alone is a negative reason, then maybe that could lead to loneliness. But if it's a positive reason, like to relax or create or reflect, then it's solitude. And solitude is a place where you can be creative and, and you can get to know yourself better. I think uh, I think the world around us shows that uh, there is a difference between uh, loneliness, isolation, and, and solitude. We have... We literally have libraries where you're not allowed to talk. <laughs> and the whole point is going to a place to be alone, to study and to do research. And we even have monasteries where people literally like commit themselves to being alone and cut off from the whole world around us. So, yeah, I definitely think there are there's an important distinction to be made. What concrete steps can I take to be less lonely? Loneliness researcher John, uh oh, Kakiopo. <laughs> what? Cassiopo. 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 Loneliness researcher. 
What kind of a name is that? <laughs> it's a, it looks like it's Italian. Or... Okay. Loneliness researcher John Cassiopo. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Argues that just as you can start an exercise regimen to gain strength and improve your health, you can combat loneliness through small moves that build emotional strength and resilience. He has devised techniques for people at particularly high risk for chronic loneliness, such as soldiers returning from Iraq and Afghanistan, that they may be useful to anyone. To me, that sounds like therapy. I think so. It's, um, well, especially if you change your environment so dramatically, like, um, when coming back from a war, I can't even imagine what that would be like. I think it's, there has to be some kind of a reintegration period that you would need to go through. I remember when I would spend long periods of time, uh, out of the country in Europe and I would be going through periods of like culture of shock and I would, come back to the United States and it was just really difficult for me integrating back into what had before been a normal routine for me and what before I'd taken for granted that that's the way the world was around me. And then when I saw that there was a big world out there with all kinds of diverse and different ways of living, it was almost like a shock that was too great to handle. And I came back here and I, I just felt really isolated I felt I'd lived something that the people around me couldn't quite understand or know, and it made me feel really cut off. So I think uh, anyone who's been away from uh, a long period of time could definitely be vulnerable to feeling isolated. Yeah, there are um, groups for people that have experienced culture shock. Um, some people will go away to semester at sea and come back and it'll really hit them hard so it's really hard um for a lot of people right now because we're being forced into isolation that's the word that they use is isolation and if i read from this article or if i find when i was looking up quotes I was finding quotes on isolation, and many of them were saying things like depression and anxiety are rooted in isolation, and all these things about isolation and how bad it is for you, and then the there's an epidemic of loneliness as it is, and it's a risk factor for heart disease, type 2 diabetes, um, arthritis, and other diseases. Lonely people are also twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's disease, a uh, state of chronic loneliness may trigger adverse psych physiologically, physiological responses such as the increased production of stress hormones. It'll hinder your sleep and result in a weakened immunity. Well, here's the real question. Can you die of loneliness? I'll read the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> While a person can't die simply from feeling too lonely, findings that lonely people have higher rates of mortality and certain diseases supports the idea that, over time, chronic loneliness can play a role in increasing the risk of dying. And you mentioned those um, orphans have, like, essentially brain damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think what it ultimately is about is that it weakens... 
your immune system and your body in general, just because you don't have the same drive, the same drive to keep going and to survive. So while it might not kill you per se, I think it creates the conditions that could lead to it happening. So what can we do about loneliness in this day and age (laughs) during the loneliness epidemic during a virus pandemic? Well, I think people are already doing it a lot. Even though the interactions are a little bit more artificial when it's being done over a computer screen, I think it's better than nothing to be reaching out. There's a, a strange, a strangely equalizing effect to this uh, COVID-19 crisis. We're all in the same boat. Yeah, that's the irony of it, isn't it? That you're not alone in your loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> so like I was saying earlier, the it's not just connecting with people that's important. It's the depth of the connection and the authenticity of how you present yourself to the people that you present yourself to. And when you're alone to find that mindset of solitude rather than loneliness to go to a place of creation and relaxation and um, refreshing. Uh, what was the other one? It started with an R. <laughs> Restitution. <laughs> no, I like that, though. It, there, you try and turn inverse the effects of the loneliness try and turn it from something negative into something positive and productive reflection that was the other one i think it's important to try and break the cycle somehow break the routine in my case it was listening to music that helped me get out of that that funk that i was in Mm -hmm. but if it's anything from like going to a walk to taking a cold shower in the morning maybe Mm. just try and try and really just throw a wrench in the whole thing and get yourself out of bed and get working on something, anything to keep your mind occupied and flowing and working again. Yeah. Um, I feel like that we are focusing on like the idea of potentially people being a little bit depressed in their, um, isolation. Uh, but it could be just, that feeling of being alone and, and kind of almost a claustrophobic feeling too. And I find, especially if something is bringing me to depression, I find that having something to look forward to that I actually want to do. So I'll make so many phone calls. It's like I have all these phone calls planned and some of them are just work. <laughs> like it's like oh, I gotta do this <laughs> but then there are those other plans that I have that are like oh fuck yeah like I'm looking forward to that and to create more of those kind of things and things to look forward to that you actually want to do and that's a, another hard part of if you're in a place of depression is you don't really want to do anything yeah it's definitely difficult to break the cycle but it has to be done we must break the cycle. Yeah. So should we wrap this up or do you have anything else you wanted to go over? No, I think the only thing I could just say to people is um, apparently they're, they've had some good results with the vaccine. Uh, apparently there's a, a new um, 
a new drug that uh, can reduce uh, the period of time that people are sick by up to 30%. So things are looking promising and it, it just might be that we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel in all of this. So mm. hang in there and uh, video chat, speaking at least for myself, video chat is your friend <laughs> and now's the time to reach out to people. So yeah, get out there. No, don't get out there, but get on your computer and <laughs> reach out. Um, so again, like I mentioned earlier, our website is live, so please go check it out at practicemakespodcast.com. You can find um, all of our surveys there, and we would love if you guys would take the surveys. We could read them on the episodes. We have a fear survey up. We'll put a um, loneliness survey up, and we have a shitty and joyful survey a 10-day challenge survey if that's something you're still interested in. Also, there are links to my blog, which is all about mental health. And always remember, self-improvement isn't about getting to a destination. It's about making the choice to participate in your own life. Whatever it is that you're going through, you are never alone. And despite your imperfections, you are enough. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.